0: Welcome to Fireside Nets brought to you by Empire Sports Media. I am your host, Spen Harris, joined as always by my co-host from the only Sands you know, Pete. And we have a very special guest on. Look, I know Aaron Williams thinks that he is the most recurring guest of all time on this podcast. Unfortunately for the A-Train, he is not. He wow. is actually second to the man, the myth, the legend, co-host of the Bad Weather Fans podcast. He's been on this podcast, I think, more than my, my former co-host, <laughs> Nikki mike Biseglia, mike welcome back to the show
1: thank you so much for having me i enjoyed when you guys had aaron williams williams on uh, a couple of weeks ago now enjoyed that episode so uh, honored to be in such great company and thank you uh for for having me on the podcast man absolutely
0: yeah we uh look it's it's the dark days in the offseason right we have a little bit of basketball it's like 10% 10% of Nets basketball, because there's really not a lot of guys mm-hmm. who are playing who are going to be in the regular season. But we got to talk about it. They just uh, they just lost their their summer league playoff game to the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, so Pete, I know you and I were, were texting on Sunday while watching the game. This first segment is called, What Did We Learn About the Nets During Summer League? So let's start. Jalen Wilson. That is the guy who everybody on Twitter is talking about. He's looking, well, Nets Twitter, he's looking like a steal. 51st pick in the second round. He is NBA ready. He can score. He can defend. He has a high IQ. He's an intangibles guy. So that was a pleasant surprise because normally when you see your team pick someone that late in the draft, they don't splash as hard as as Jalen Wilson did right away in summer league.
2: Yeah, I, absolutely. I thought, I, I think every net fan's got to be very happy with this pick. Uh, I was just going over the numbers in the five games 17 points, 43% for the field, 45% from three, average seven rebounds a game. He was actually fourth in summer league in in 37 free throw attempts, led all rookies in summer leagues in free throw attempts, led the Nets in rebounds, and sixth in rookie rebounds in summer league. And man, I, I'm falling in love with this guy. I think he's going to get minutes a lot sooner than later. That's what do you think, Bruce. Mike?
1: Well, I you know to be completely transparent, I have not seen one second of Summer League, and I am not ashamed to admit it. I uh, I love the Nets. No, I I, I would uh, put that worth anything. But I have not watched the second of the Summer League. So for me to give an honest answer on that, you're like, oh, boy, we put a guest on here. Your first question, what do he say? Didn't watch the games. But I will say I enjoyed watching Nets Twitter react to Jalen Wilson. And from that, I will say he is the best player in the history of basketball. Uh, people <laughs> fell in love with him. I, I think my favorite part of Jalen Wilson conversation on Nets Twitter was, who should we compare him to? Uh, you know, sorry for the uh, inconsiderate voice there, but – that was always my favorite and seeing people go back and forth on that was amusing. Uh, Hopefully he's a good player. I mean, I got to be honest, like it's hard for me to be completely honest to take any validity out of summer league and how guys play. There's guys that play great in summer league, come to the league and suck. There's guys that are no names in the summer league go in into the league and have great successful seasons. Now I understand there's net fans chomping at the bit and excited just to want to see net basketball. And I think I I could understand that and I appreciate that and I can feel for that. But as far as what that will translate at the pro level, I don't think it's enough sample size to know that. And again, I didn't watch it, which is like the Cardinal sin rule of giving analysis on something. And I would hate when people would do that. So I'm hating myself for it, but I do think you have to take it with a grain of salt. Like it is summer league. Don't get too carried away. It's fun. It's exciting. But at the same time, you know, I don't think it really means much when it's all said and done. Because I lose my voice. Every night I'm losing my voice. I don't know why.
0: I, I don't think you're wrong in regards to that, you know, who cares about summer league. I agree with you. I think what I like about Jalen Wilson is you look at his background. And you look at what he did in yeah. Kansas, right? This guy was there for four years. So we're not talking about a one and done. We're we're talking about a guy who was with the Jayhawks for four seasons, had his best season as a senior in in 2022-23, where he averaged 20 points a game, 8.3 rebounds, and he's only 6'8". He's not a tall guy uh, on 43% from the field, 34% from three, which wasn't great, but that was the one area of his game in the summer league where he shot 46% from three. So you said, okay, well, if he had one – weakness in college, it wasn't shooting the three ball well. He can shoot it a little bit in summer league. He's got an NBA body. There's just a lot of things to like about this kid. Right. Um and, and you know, you always count those those four-year guys out. I don't know why. Teams are like, "Oh, well, they stayed for four years. That they probably stink." Right. Not the case always.
1: Well, I would think about that. You know, I'll play devil's advocate with you Spen, and we can uh, we can have an argument. I would say then if he went four years, he's probably more prepared for something like the summer league, because he's older than all the other guys who are a little bit younger, a little more raw. If you look at the other net draft picks, they're three years younger than he is. And they don't have that experience that he does. So you could say in development, he's that much further ahead um, if you wanted to play that game. But I do think you make a point that's valid when you talk about like being a little more mature, being a little older. I mean, that stuff makes a difference and you go into these games and when you're 22 versus guys that are 20, and you're a little more polished, and you went to a program like Kansas, which is one of the best in the history of basketball, he's going to be ready. Um, So that's not surprising. Now, if you're a Net fan, you just hope he fell to 51. They've got something there. I mean, it's not impossible for second-round picks to turn into things. It's happened. It's unlikely. It doesn't happen a lot. But if you're a Net fan, that's what you're rooting for. You're happy with what you saw, and you hope it translates, you know, onto the court uh, as a pro, and uh, you keep your fingers crossed.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I think you kind of like pretty much summed it up. You can't get too high, too low on summer league. You had guys like Trey Young, who didn't have the hottest summer league, but then winds up being a star in the league, right? So you, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't really, uh, really can't tell what's going on. But one thing that I do like about Jalen Wilson, it looks like he fits there, right? Well, if a guy does not fit in well or looks a little overmatched, it, it's that that gets me a little unnervous. Mm hmm. But there's still a lot of time for these guys, right? It's just it's just summer league. It's five games.
1: Man, and I'm so mad right now because I'm thinking to my co-host Alex when we do when we do our podcast together, he would probably have like a list because he's a freak like this. He'd probably have a list of like seven dudes that were Knicks that Nick fans overreacted with and then suck as Knicks. I don't have. I'm, I'm gonna. I might send shoot him a text see what he says. But I could just see him being like, we all freaked out over you know so and so in the summer league three years ago. And now the guy, you know, is um, working as a, in sales insurance, and he's changed jobs. Uh, I, I could, I could see him saying that.
0: I, I get it. We also don't have a lot of wins over the last four seasons as Nets fans, just in terms of like good things that have happened to our organization. So if if a guy has a nice summer league, he makes okay. the All Second NBA. Okay. You know, summer league team, just Mike, give me the win. You know, okay. I'm not. We, we already I lost just, the playoff game. We're not even going to win the stupid summer league meaningless championship.
1: Okay. I apologize. <laughs> I think it's a great pick. I think that he's going to come in there and fight for minutes in the starting rotation. Thank you. I have heard through my hear. sources that um, he might start and that they're projected him higher than Ben Simmons on the depth chart. <sighs>
0: You know, you're joking, but I actually, I would believe that if if uh, if Christian Winfield just put that out there. Uh, speaking of guys in in summer league, it wasn't all pretty for the Nets rookies. Noah Clowney, the uh, I think he's the 21st pick overall. It's the exact opposite of Jalen Wilson. So he's a one and done guy, huge potential, very raw. And look, I'll I'll, I'll agree with Mike. Let's not overreact. He looked fucking lost out there. I'm sorry, super raw offensively. You you saw in a lot of sets, he sort of didn't know where to be. He's kind of in between that. Should he play on the perimeter? Should he play down low? He doesn't have that feel yet. Um, He's got a lot of work to do before he can step into a real role on this team. So, Pete, I'll go to you first. Was there anything you saw from Noah Clowney that would sort of uh, counter what I'm saying in, in terms of him being a decent prospect?
2: Uh. On defense, there were these little flashes that you would see him uh, maybe leave the guy on the perimeter to help try to get a block or something. As the games went on, I think I saw a little a little more of these flashes. But the last summer league game, he only played seven minutes. He wound up finishing averaging four points, 22% from the field, 23% from three, five rebounds, one steal. I think the last summer game, he went like 0 for 4, mm-hmm. and, that, and that was it. Uh, I'm more concerned about, you know, his confidence level, but you do see these little flashes of the help defense, you know, maybe a good rebound here or there, but like you said, it's going to take a while. And like, like Mike said, it's summer league, right? It's very early. He's 19. He's the youngest net drafted ever or something like that. Yeah. It's still a lot of time.
1: Yeah. He's not, you're not going to see him play. I mean, you're just not going to see him play this year. I think that's the bottom line. Um, it's just not going to happen now that don't hold me to it. If there's a game here and there and injuries happen and things go that way, but you'd imagine he's going to play in the G league. He's going to get experience. That's where they're going to put him. Uh And then if he comes up with the big guys, if something happens, but it, you know, I wouldn't think of it for something this season. Uh, this is somebody that's not going to really play this year. Um, you know, at the center position, it's about the development of Nick Claxon and him taking another leap. Um, and I think for net fans, you know, that's, that's the excitement, maybe a lot of it's false excitement, but that's, you know, where you got to keep your positivity and thinking, you know, what does Nick become here um, as he continues to grow and get older with the Nets?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And it's so weird because Marks has talked about getting big men on this roster. So you draft Clowney, but he's going to be in the G league. We still haven't picked up any big, I mean, you can say that Darius Baisley will get into that signing later he's not a big man he's he's a he's a stretch four he's a he's a you know he's a tall three um I just find it crazy that for like three seasons you know it's been Clax he's been our big man yeah we had DeAndre Jordan for a minute he was terrible we had Andre Drummond for a minute he was a little better um but we have not gotten a backup center to help out with Claxon and if it's going to be clowny it's not going to be clowny for a season or two Mike are you surprised? with the fact that Marks hasn't got gone out and gotten a a backup big yet.
1: I think at this point, I mean, he has a lot of faith and fingers crossed because he played his best basketball towards the end of the season that Dayron sharp is going to develop a little more. And I think there were signs and flashes where he actually played pretty well in spots towards the end of the season. And I think that's where Sean Marks is banking that they sharp has um, some strides. Now, does that make you feel confident as a net fan? Uh, Absolutely not no way in hell i mean you're gonna hope for it you're gonna think for the best and you're gonna say oh well he saw those eight games last year and in the first game versus the sixers in the playoffs he went with him in the for four minutes at center and then said that was a bad idea um i think that's where the hope is i think by now it's like i don't know if it's what's his inability to do it does he just have more of a belief in playing guys like royce o'neill as the backup five if ben simmons is healthy does he move into the five? I think that Marks and his crew just like having stretch bigs, and it's just their belief system. Uh, but obviously, you know the the rebounding has been painful. It's hard to watch. Um, Andre Drummond was there and helped a little bit, but his inefficiencies everywhere else just crushed the Nets. He didn't even get to play towards the end of that series in that sweep versus the Celtics. Um, and then he was con. He went from a hundred and twenty million dollar player to a league minimum guy. Um, So that. Did not work. Did it spots? But yeah, the backup center position, I just don't think Sean Marks and the in the team just I don't think they want to sign a guy to sign him um old center, over the hill center. They feel more confident in guys like Royce O'Neal and developing Dayron Sharp. And that's just the belief system. And you know, I mean, let's just be honest, it hasn't worked yet. I like I like Royce. I'm hopeful for Daron, but as far as results, you know, it's a failure.
2: I got a question for you. Do you think it's a system fit? Like we saw Dwight Howard was the beginning of last year saying, oh, yeah, you know, I talked to the Nets, but they wanted a guy who could hit the three. Do you think it's a system fit or
1: I don't know? I I, I think they think these guys are just washed up and not good anymore. And I think there's probably some of it to to be fair to it. Like, you know, I'll use Dwight as the example. I think there's probably the, the guys that they want to sign are washed up and haven't aren't great. Now I'll use somebody that like, to me, I think this is somebody that's in my lifetime should have been a net. And in my head, I'm like, when I talk to my kids when they're older, I'll be like, Oh boy, did you see JaVale McGee play as a net? No, it never happened. Like just guys like that have just been available and he does not want to sign them. So to answer your question, I, I guess it's a fit thing. I, I just don't think they feel comfortable with specialized guys at the center. That it's going to be that much of a difference, and it bites them in the ass though every year. Where they just, I mean, they just get slaughtered on the boards all the time. It's it's a trend now for net fans, even when they had all that talent. You know, they could you know get away with it when they had three of the best ten players in the league. But when you don't and you give team second chance, oh, it's painful. I mean, those Sixer games were pa- painful seeing those offensive rebounds, and unfortunately, just kind of the way the way it is for this team. Yeah,
0: I I mean, you know, the the last free agent signing that Sean Marks made uh, was recent. I think it was yesterday, and I brought him up earlier. But Darius Baisley, forward, stretch four, played for the Thunder for a few seasons, was on the Suns last season, didn't get a ton of run. Uh, But interesting player, 6'8", 6'9", can hit the three, plays above the rim. I think he's 23 years old, Hmm. still extremely young. Mike, grade this signing – by Sean Marks.
1: Well, I think uh, before you can even grade it, I think you have to just look at it, the totality of what the Nets wanted to do this off season. You know, they shed the fat in their mind of guys that were just specialized three point shooters, essentially. And they said, we want to get a little more athletic and we want to get younger. So we get rid of Seth, we get rid of Joe, you know, and we get rid of uh, Patty Mills. Uh, so I, I like the signing in that it's, you know, low risk, high reward if he comes in and he develops and he gets better, um, then you like it. And I, and I don't mind the idea that they had to get rid of older, unathletic guys and went with this new model of defensive, younger stretch. Uh, I like that idea. I mean, let's be honest though. In a year from now, he probably won't be on the nets. It probably won't work. I mean, just being honest, like it never does, you know? The, the it's always like it's it's great in theory so i like it i don't think it's a bad idea maybe just because i'm a jaded fan that's always seen this not work so i'll give it like a c plus b minus where upside is there but realistically when push comes to shove i mean based on the nets and their track record of tra- it, it it probably it probably won't work i mean you know if we're if we're in a year from now going like ah basically really worked out we're going to give him that four years, 60 million. I mean, I'd be stunned. Like it's probably yeah, going to be, it's going to be the next round of guys. With, with guys.
0: And, and we saw what happened with Sumner, right? Sumner had a great year with us when he played, uh, he was awesome. You yeah. go into the offseason. the Nets are like, sorry, can't do it. We're, we're going a different route. You know, you did what we asked of you, but we're not having it. Pete, what did you think of the, uh, the Darius Baisley signing? If you can give a grade as well.
2: Uh, I'll give it a B plus. I think we like the potential here. Good age. And Charlie Marks is doing what he's done before. He's taking out flyers, right? The guy's 6'9, 23 years old, very athletic. We're going all defense, it seems, right? So that he fits the model. The guy fits the model. And talking to what you guys just said, look at Utah from last year, right? The guy, very good. Want sort of same, sort of same thing. I believe this deal is a, a partially guaranteed deal. So it's not even going to be something that could be held onto us if we don't like the guy. So I, I I like it. I like it. He needs to hit the three. I think we all can agree that the defense, the athleticism, fits fits the mold of what we're going for right now. But man, I, like his career numbers, I think he's like a thirty uh, percent jump shoot shooter, jump shot mm-hmm. shooter. Uh, last year, I think he got blocked twenty two times going up for layups. He made forty percent of his layups. Uh, it wasn't pretty. It, de- it definitely wasn't pretty. He did do very well from 3 last year in particular, although it wasn't too many, wasn't too many shots. Last year, uh what do you uh let me see what I got over here. had 5 points, 45% from the field, 37% from 3, but he only took 53 threes. He was 20 for 53, averaged 3 rebounds. He started with OKC, he got traded to Phoenix, didn't play too much with Phoenix during that uh you know, the playoff run with KD. And uh, man, if this guy could develop a shot, it would be very interesting. The only thing in like his profile that I'm looking at, that I that I, I looked up, he's very, very good from the left corner three in his career. He's 39 or on 133. That's 38%. Besides that, like, uh, man, it's not not looking good on the offensive side of the ball. But if it does hit, he is young, right? You never know.
0: He is young. And I'll tell you this, you know, we are at that point with our our fan base and on Nets Twitter, where the littlest thing, right? A, a one year signing of Darius Baisley. And I just I love the reactions. Everyone's like, Sean Marks, you genius. You've done it again. What a signing. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm saying that because that was me. Like I, I, I get really excited over this stuff. It's a new face, right? It's it's a new face, it's a young guy. If he sucks, who cares? Maybe he's good and he leaves next year. Um, but I think if anything, and 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 Mike, Pete, tell me if I'm wrong. Like, this is such a different team than we've seen in the last I don't know, six to seven years. It's going to be a completely different makeup. And I don't think we're going to be a top three team in the East, but who knows? I think this team could surprise us a little bit.
1: Uh, I like your wishful thinking. Um, I just think the problem is the other teams are better. Um, and That's I think fair. that that makes it more difficult. Now I, I really think for the nets, I I'm pro wanting Tyler hero. I, I want more offensive firepower. I want more talent on the roster. I think, I think is. And, and the answer to this is going to be, it's not going to work. But to me, like if the nets are going to be good, Ben Simmons has to be good. And there's no other way around it. Like, I don't think there's any other way to, to solve that team problem. I like Mikel bridges. I, I, I I hope he continues to trend upward. Cam Johnson, the same. Uh, Nick Claxton, the same. But for me, like if Ben Simmons, and I would say the odds are less than 1% because he has a track record of not doing this. But if this is a guy that gets it together, then all of a sudden you, the way you view your roster completely changes. When if it's all-star Ben Simmons, you had a guard and a scorer and Tyler Hero, now you got Mikel Bridges. Okay. You're like, okay, we got something here. But if it's Ben Simmons, who's going to be dressing like blippy on the sidelines, who is going to not be at any games, who is going to be hurt. Who's going to be, you know, um, done physically and have some obstacles mentally. That combination is a challenge. And for me, I don't think that is possible where Ben is. I, I'm, praying i am wrong but to me if spend if, if the nets are gonna be good it all stems of ben simmons comeback player of the year and then debate shows go well can it be comeback player? does it really work that way because he was great and got bad and i was good again like what, what's the rules that to me more than anything is the key to unlock this nets team um and unfortunately i think history shows there's a very, very, very bad chance of that succeeding.
2: I've been very outspoken on this. I kind of disagree with you on this, at least a little bit. Uh, I put out some medical journals uh, on, you know, some recent podcasts on Twitter that shows the surgery that he had, it takes a player two years to recover. And I definitely think that he was rushed back. He should have not played last year. They should, in the journal, it actually counted like the players like, uh, player efficiency rating, and that it was cut down dramatically the first year. Games played were cut down dramatically the first year. Second year, they go back to his, uh, you know, hypothetically would go back to the player's career norms. I don't think he's going to go to an all-star level. But what is the difference in this team if he does average? I'm going to make this up off the top of my head. 12 points, 10 maybe 10 assists, you know, 7 rebounds compared to what we had last year. What's the difference in the team? How far could they go?
1: Oh, if he's good. I mean, they're a team that can go to like the second round of the playoffs and I, I think like be like the Knicks of last year and give me those kind of vibes. Uh, and, I, and I hope you're right, Peter. I mean, I, to me, like I hope all of that holds true. I don't know if the guy cares about basketball. I mean, and ultimately I think that's a big problem if he just doesn't give a shit about playing basketball and it's a paycheck Um, it's a lot of money. It's $35 million. So if somebody said, Hey, I need you back out here so you can collect this check and figure this out. Um, yeah, I, I, I think he's full of it when he puts on these videos, when he puts these Instagrams of him lifting weights, I'm like, yeah, your biceps look great, but are you there? And I don't want to minimize anything because I do think there's some serious mental hurdles that he had to go through. Um, which I, is excruciating. Um, and that, that to me combined with yeah he's coming off some serious surgery and, and pain like is a lot um and it scares me too because he had the ultimate opportunity last year where he showed flashes of having confidence and it and it just was distinguished right away it, it, it goes away he had he had like a couple of instances early in the season where he got it together late on a West coast trip came home, And it was there, but then it it vanished. And I, and I just don't believe that he'll be able to find it again. Um, and I, I want him to, and I, I'm one of the guys that is like, don't trade Ben Simmons because his value is so low that it doesn't make sense. You're, you're better off taking a flyer on him and seeing if he can perform as opposed to just getting rid of him. Now, at least take that chance Um, So I'm all for doing that. Uh, I think that's a better option and hoping that I am incorrect and Peter's right. But for me, um, you know, if somebody was like, Hey, you got a choice next year. This is, this is, this is the way it goes. You make a million dollars if Ben Simmons is great. Um, Let me put it this way. You make a million dollars if Ben Simmons stinks. You make, you know, or a million dollars. If he's an all-star, which one are you picking? And I want to make money, I'm going to say he's going to stink.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's a bad bet. Look, uh, I'll tell you this. He posts all these videos and pictures of him working out. Everybody on Nets Twitter is like, oh, he looks ripped. He looks ready to go. I post a bunch of videos of me lifting weights on Instagram, and all my friends text me and tell me I'm a loser. So I don't like that. It's a double standard there for athletes to when they're working out. I might not be an athlete on his level, but we gotta what's, change that. What's Videos your routine? people working out are cool. I, you know, I just I, I do some shoulders, I do some some biceps. You know, I I lift heavy weights and I'm on the bike. No That's leg day. It. Yeah, I'll do some squats here and there. You know,
1: how's your ankle? Uh, uh,
0: it's it's okay. I, I, you know, I'm not on crutches, but doctor wants me to stay off for two weeks. Uh, before any, any activity. Okay. So I'm not doing much and I got to get back on the court. Like I, I miss it so much. It's been two oh. days and I, I'm crying. I, um, <laughs> I want to get to uh two, two other stories before we get to some Nets trivia. Uh, so this one, I think this is pretty funny. So Joel Embiid was interviewed recently. Mm-hmm. Um, here was the quote. I just want to win a championship, whatever it takes. I don't know where that's going to be, whether it's in Philly or somewhere else. It's not easy, but every single day I work towards it. Mike, is there a chance that Joel Embiid
1: can end up in Brooklyn? I think all all signs point to eventually he will not be there. And I was against, let me say this, I'm I'm for him coming to the Nets. I didn't think there was a chance he would come to New York, but I'm getting more and more terrified that Joel Embiid will be a Nick when it's all said and done, um, which terrifies me, which, which is, you know, not good. I wouldn't like that, but I think more and more the science point, I don't know if it's going to be this year, next year to, I don't know how many years, but I think it's a pretty safe bet as Embiid is hinting. He sounds like he's in a bad relationship and he's with his wife, but he's kind of like sending out signals like hey you can bait me um i think eventually yeah he's gone i think brooklyn is definitely a possibility it wouldn't be in my top options um i think the nets you know would have to pair like oh, dame lillard's coming here too kind of thing um but i definitely think he's exploring it um and I think the signs are there that Embiid's not going to last in Philly forever. Whenever that end date is, you know, it's not like it says on the milk carton, you know, February 6th, this is the end. But I think it's I think it's clear he's not a sixer for life. Um, where he goes next is the question.
0: I, I like the analogy you used. I, I look at it as though, you know, your friend who's been dating the girl since high school, they made it through college. Now they're in the real world and it's a little bit shaky. Right, there's no school, they gotta figure out what apartment they're staying at, what people are doing for work, how they're gonna raise the dog or
1: the cat. Um, they got three definitely... kids. They got three kids now, too, and all of a sudden they're like, I wanna go out tonight. But he's like, No, you can't. You have to go take care of the kids tonight. And then beat's like, Well, I don't want to. I wanna go out and I wanna be with the boys. Yeah,
0: and listen, that that same area with your same high school girlfriend, it gets boring. Maybe you wanna go to the West Coast, maybe you wanna go to, you know. Closer to the East Coast. I mean, Philadelphia is the East Coast, but, like, you're not really on the coast. You're not going to the beach in Philadelphia. So there are a lot of options. Uh, Pete, what do you think of the idea of Embiid coming to Brooklyn? He probably has a better chance of going to New York, but how do you feel about that?
2: Uh, I think Mike is 100% right with the Knicks move. Uh, Nets, I, I, I don't see it. I would even say the Knicks are kind of iffy, more so of, like, if you're Philadelphia and this guy's still under contract, do you really want to oh. trade him to the Knicks? But then again, we've seen if a guy wants to go to a certain team, it's going to happen. So, like, let's let's be honest, right? If he wants to go to the Knicks, if he wants to play at the Garden, it might happen. I don't, I don't know. I don't see it happening yeah. with the Nets. Knicks, I definitely could see that happening somehow similarly.
1: Yeah, basketball is so weird because I put this analogy out on Twitter before when I was like, could you imagine the Eagles – and Jalen Hurts being dealt to the Giants, you would be like, What are you crazy? This like, it never would happen. And to me, I love, trust me, no one, lo- no one loves the Nets. I like, I love the Nets. Like, I, the, you know, we all love the Nets, right? I'm just like, like, obsessed. And I, I hate the Knicks more than maybe I like the Nets, which is up for debate. And to me, it seems insane that the Sixers would do that. And I, I think there's a difference, like, when the Nets and Sixers make trades. Than the Knicks and the Sixers for the Sixers to trade, arguably their best talent since Charles Barkley to the Knicks. It just seems like you're to your point, Peter, like illogic illogical. Like, how could you do that? Uh, the Knicks would have to throw so much there. Um, and if it be if Embiid's like, get me to the Knicks, man, it'd be it'd be fascinating. Be fascinating to see what kind of picks they would give up and how much assets. But um, it's funny too, because like I, I was so mad at Joel Embiid, you know, and him and the Nick Claxton stuff in the playoffs. And you're like, I hate this guy, I could never root for this guy. This is garbage. And then, of course, you know, if he's on the nets, he'd be like, Oh, I love it. Give me the villain shit. Like, you'd be so into it.
0: So I, I just posted the odds. Um, betonline.ag posted a tweet Joel Embiid's next team if not Philadelphia the New York Knicks are plus 200 leading mm. the way the Brooklyn Nets right after them at plus 250 and then the next team is the Dallas Mavericks at plus 350 so very interesting there that the Nets are so high on that list
1: yeah and I think we have to see what happens with uh with Harden because I think that's like such a key to the puzzle you know if Harden's gone and they don't get a return I mean, you just Embiid's next. Like, what is he's going to wait another two or three years or whatever? It would, I mean, it just seems impossible. So I think that first domino really is with James Harden. What happens there to even give any indication of the future for Embiid uh, to me is so pivotal.
0: Yeah. And, and that's a perfect segue because I did want to talk about the former Brooklyn net, James Harden. He does not seem to like Philadelphia anymore. That was short-lived. A little bit longer than Brooklyn, but definitely short-lived. And here, here's my, my favorite part of all this. So Sham Sharania comes out. He, he puts out this tweet. James Harden um, – I'm sorry. The relationship between James Harden and Daryl Morey is essentially severed. We've seen how James Harden can come into camp when he's disgruntled. Now, someone posted that fat James Harden picture from Houston, how he could come into camp when he's disgruntled, and I lost it. Um Mike, did you see this happening where you know two one and a half seasons with Philly and Hardin's ready to move on?
1: Uh, no, but I think now looking back on it, it just makes so much sense because that's just who he is, man. I mean, when the going get tough, get the hell out of here. And I would say I would I mean this, and I've been negative about the Nets, I think, on this on, on the show so far. I think he liked Brooklyn more. Then he liked Philly. I just think he couldn't stand Kyrie Irving and everything that brought that Kyrie brought. But I think if you were actually to ask him like situation playing with KD, I think he really liked it with the Nets until all of the Kyrie shenanigans happened, which we don't need to rehash. But like, I think that's what got him like, I got to get out of here because I see the future. Uh, but as far as like um, seeing it in Philly, it's shocking but now when you think back on it, it's like, no, nah, I mean, there's a problem here. I want to leave. I don't want to do this anymore, Um, which is, you know, part of the league, like it or not, it's 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 real. It's how it works. Um, And it's the new age of it. Now, the question too is like, what happens? Like I said before, I mean, can they find a suitor? Is he going to wait? I mean, I wouldn't be stunned if all of a sudden, like James Harden's reporting back to camp and then we get the press conference and, you know media asks a question and he's going well I never said it well I never said it and that whole train will begin again and then eventually something will happen but um it's it's a bad look for him in his career the longer this goes on um and just shows that there's guys that have championship pedigree and there's guys that don't in big spots as leaders and I think James is you know is proving you know which which one he's he's capable of
2: i got a question yes who won the trade
1: i I, I would say the six i mean the the sixers i mean the sixers definitely won the trade i mean they got to the second round they played game seven of the celtics he played um i think it's more i don't know if it's like he was i don't think they uh, got everything that that they wanted i think they wanted more but James had a great year. I mean, under the radar, a very good season, leading the league in assists, twenty plus points per game. He, he had an excellent year in Philly. Um, I, I think he almost just—they won the trade because you know Ben Simmons doesn't play um, s- since he's been with the Nets. He, he doesn't play basketball, so uh, it hasn't—it hasn't worked out as well as they had wanted to, and um, they showed great signs. But man, you get in the playoffs, and this is not just on Harden and Embiid in the playoffs. He doesn't show out. I mean, he was bad when it counted. You got two guys that aren't clutch in big spots, and you lose. And that's, that's what just continues to happen with these guys.
2: Yeah. I just got to say, like, one thing, then we'll move on from this. I think it's so delicious. On Twitter, <laughs> Philly fans were killing us. Yeah, I, of course. I, just, I, I love it. I just I, – I love it. I just – I can't get enough of this stuff.
1: I feel then, you, man. I and, feel and, you. and I
2: think you're absolutely right.
1: Yeah, you got you got to. I mean, uh, you know, bona fide haters. I mean, at this point, when your team goes through crap, you have to enjoy everybody's pain as well. Uh, that's that's where that's where the joy comes, right? Like Suns out of the playoffs, Dallas out of the playoffs, Sixers out of the playoffs, Celtics out of the playoffs, the other team from New York out of the playoffs. That's the joy, because you know you know the Nets. At least this past year weren't going to win.
0: Yeah, that that is an excellent point. And, Mike, I I just wanted to know, when is your uh, birthday? Uh, May 10th. Oh, okay. So I'm going to get you the new Kyrie Irving Anta shoes
1: next May. That's when I'll get
0: them for you. I just wanted to make sure. I wasn't sure which month.
1: but I I appreciate that. I already have them on um, pre-order, so they're coming to my house. um, And I cannot wait to lace them up. Yeah, You
0: might break break both ankles in them, but that's okay. Um, All right, let's get to – some good old fashioned Nets trivia. Oh, I know that. Man. Put me on Alex the spot. and Mike. One of their favorite, my favorite segments on Bad Weather fans. They 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 bring on a guest and they'll have that guest ask them Nick's trivia, Nets trivia. It's always so fun. I thought, why not incorporate it into Fireside Nets?
1: I love it, but uh, I'm nervous now. But thank you. I hope they're not okay. So, I don't know the level, level of difficulty for all three of these guys. It's, it's You have to be a real Nets fan to get all three of these. Uh, so, here we go. Is, is it, Pete's going to get. Yeah. I, is this like. So, my weakness spots, and I'll just expose them now because he's like. Sure. He's already making excuses, this ass. Um, is definitely like early Brooklyn, late, late Jersey, early Brooklyn. It's not too much. Not okay. too much
0: late Brooklyn. We might have one, but not more than one.
1: Like, er, like, yeah, that early stage. Okay, but go for it. All, All
2: right, right, Pete, gonna, you
1: got the first two.
2: Yep, I'm going to start with the first one. Okay. This uh, guy was drafted 24th overall in the 2002 NBA draft by the Nets. He played in New Jersey from 04 to 08. He averaged 11 points, 49% from the field and five rebounds. And he was second all-rookie team in 2005.
1: Wait, so, so wait. He was drafted by the Nets in 2002. That's but correct. But was all rookie team in
2: 2005?
1: Yep. Wait a minute. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Named Kristich.
2: That's, that's a big clue.
1: Named Christic. Oh, let's go. Okay, because that 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 what? was the part that confused. I was like, wait a minute. Okay. I, so, I, I yeah. was hoping that
2: would trip you up. Like, no, that that was that, that's what helped one.
1: me. That was a good one. That's what helped me. That was a good question. That was difficult. But Named Christic, yes, it was a very that good was, net. Injuries derailed his career Sad but he man. um he was good you know it was crazy as him and Jason Collins would start together yeah which you know today's to NBA would be insane to have two bigs basically you know maybe could shoot a little mid-range but to have two guys basically you know clog up the floor like that but anyway all right that makes me feel a little more relaxed but good 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 uh good research with good research on that beat all
2: right so here comes the second one okay you ready <laughs> Spend this is uh, my spend. personal favorite fact about this guy. He was nicknamed the Prince of Newark. He was drafted in the 1995 draft by Boston with the 14th overall pick, and he played with the New Jersey Nets for less than one season.
1: Eric Williams, two for two. Yeah, that when when, oh. when the Nets would play in Jersey, um. They would. I, me- I remember when Eric Williams would come in as a Celtic. There'd be a lot of Eric Williams fans, and I remember that's why I looked figured that out. He was a good. He was a good Celtic. I thought he was going to be a great net, and then we immediately moved him for VC.
0: And I was like, "Oh well, I'll take Vince that. Carter over Eric Williams any day of the week." Gotcha.
1: Gotcha. Well, yeah, yeah. All right, those are good questions. I'm. Uh, I'm glad I got them right.
0: <laughs> All right, here we go. The third oh. and final. He played for the Brooklyn Nets for one season. Brooklyn Nets, that's, it, that's the clue. Average six point <laughs> eight points per game, forty two percent from the field, and forty one percent from three. Okay. He also played in his career for the Golden State Warriors, Chicago Bulls, Indiana Pacers, Orlando Magic. Who is this player? Oh man,
1: no years. This is now. We're, this is tough. Um. Can you repeat repeat that one more time? Is that okay? Yeah. And go slow for, for me.
0: Yeah, sure, sure. He played for the Nets for one year.
1: Okay. Once he season. averaged
0: one season. You know what? I'll give you a quick hint. He averaged about seven points per game, six point eight points per game in a backup role.
1: Is this did you say if it was Brooklyn or New Jersey? Did you say I that? Said Brooklyn. 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 Okay. You did say that. And he All right, also So played, I'm just gonna say these out loud because yeah. it helps my brain.
0: Let's hear. It. Yeah, he also <laughs> played for the Warriors, Warriors, the Bulls,
1: Warriors, Bulls. All right, okay. Pacers, Magic. So, I mean, I think Warrior net, but Sean Livingston was more. It's not him. It's not him. Um, is this like when I know it'll be obvious? But is this the, the clues here? This is tough. This Can is I give the him a clue,
2: Ben? Of... Yeah. Throw him a clue. He had a okay. He had a, he had a major playoff mishap. Yeah, that oh, the okay. and that
1: the C- that costed that playoff game. C.J. Watson, yeah, you know, he
2: got it. He got well, it. That, yeah, that was it. it. That was it. Yeah, yeah that gave he it away. It too easy. I
0: mean, I, I thought you away. were gonna. I thought you were gonna give him the years. I would have said 2012 to I was 2017. About to do that. I was
2: that gave about it away. Yeah.
1: yeah well, that, yeah, that was brutal. Up. That was that was brutal. I mean, that missed layup. You know,
2: and doesn't remember it too well
1: though. Why, why not? We drinking? <laughs> you know why? Because
0: I was in college during those years, and I went to school in Massachusetts. So, like, I just didn't get to watch a lot of Brooklyn Nets basketball. I'm going to be honest with you. 11 yeah. to 15 are very hazy for me. And, yes, Mike, yeah. to answer your question, I was drinking a lot.
1: God, and I mean that in a way, you know, it's crazy because, like, it's interesting why you say that. Like, for me, if you give me, like, 1991 – God, I sound old – to, like, 2004, I could give you every game. And then, like, like end of VC like early Brooklyn when I was in Virginia and I didn't have a, the, the, literally couldn't like afford the league pass. It's like, I didn't see it as much. So I'm like checking these things on my, you know, on the internet and that those, those years are a little hazier. and now back, you know, it's fun. So I can just kind of relate to it and know like those, those pockets where it wasn't as strong based on just like trying to watch the game was, wasn't available.
0: If I went to a Boston sports bar on a Sunday night and asked them to put the Nets-Bulls playoff game on over like the Pats game or something, they would punch me in the face and tell me yeah. to go fuck myself. So I, they I would. had no choice. They yeah, would I, still I, do I, it.
1: I love those questions, though. Uh, I appreciate that. That was fun. Those, in my, those, those early ones were in my wheelhouse, Peter. Those are great. The Eric Williams, 14. I, I love drafts. Because we could, we could, I I want you to be like 97 draft eighth pick. We could have fun doing this all day. I just, I just love this stuff.
0: I'm glad. I thought that was good. I'm glad we added that. All right. It is late on a Monday night. We're going to get to close, but we thank Mike Biseglia so much for joining the show again. Mike, is there any buddy you want to shout out? You you want to, you want to shout out your show and, and your good buddy, Alex Benezowitz?
1: I'd love to just do another hour with Peter and we can just talk cats. Let's go. I mean, if you really wanted to, um, always a big fan of um, cats. I mean, I don't know. I going not say it was gonna be awkward as hell, uh, but no, to answer your question, uh, bad weather fans uh, check that out. I do it with a Nick fan, Alex B um, him and I go back and forth um, and, and have a nice time. You know, uh, we both dislike the other team's team, but I think we're both fair in our opinions of the actual basketball um, if you want to hear my joy in Obi top and being a pacer, you can check that out. Uh, but no, I, I appreciate that Spen and, and Peter, thank you for for having me on. I always, always love coming on this show. And uh, yeah, check out Bad Weather fans.
0: Yeah, we, we, we love having you on. And uh, absolutely, everyone listening, check out Bad Weather fans. Pete, give everyone the name of your other Nets podcast, because you are one of the more popular people on Nets Twitter.
2: Sure, you could check out my weekly podcast. I've been taking off a couple of weeks, but we're going to be uh, starting up again next week. It's the only NetFans you know. You can check out my Twitter, at NetFansYouKnow. And that's it. We good. Let's go.
0: All right. Thanks to everyone for listening. And as always, we'll catch you on the fireside.